This is the Sloss Sports Show on Anchor.fm, weekly episodes highlighting and breaking down the biggest stories across sports. Make sure to keep up with the latest episodes and breaking news on Twitter by following at Sloss Sports Show and keep up to date with the latest breaking news around the NFL. The official site of the show, knoble87.wixsite.com slash Report. And now, here's your host, Cole Noble. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, and today is Monday, October 11th. So today is going to be overreaction Monday for week five of the NFL season. We saw a lot of things last night on Sunday all day long, a lot of wild stuff in the world of the NFL. Um, first, let's start with the kickers. Um, two weeks back on overreaction Monday for week three. I came out and said that kickers deserve more respect. Kickers deserve more money. Kickers, you know, overall just deserve respect from the media for what they do. Literally putting games in their own hands and putting outcomes of games in their own hands. But on Sunday, kickers were more of a chore, uh, more of an issue uh, that shouldn't be respected um, from what happened on Sunday's games. Um, Kickers entered the day. Uh, yesterday, missing just 19 of 324 extra point attempts over the 65 games this season, a 94.1 success rate. But yesterday, kickers in the NFL missed 11 of 62 extra point attempts during the 14 games on Sunday. Eight kickers shanked PATs, Kiami Fairbairn with the Houston Texans, Cody Parkey um, with the New Orleans Saints, and Tristan uh, Viscano with the LA Chargers, all missed two field extra point field goal attempts. How about even more than just extra point attempts? Let's go to this Packers-Bengals game that we'll talk about later on. But for now, Evan McPherson, rookie kicker for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, has hit two game-winning field goals this year. But against the Packers, he had a 57-yarder on a fourth-and-two try um, from the 39-yard line with 26 seconds left. Missed that one. Um, and then another one, fourth and one from the 32 in overtime. Missed that one. Mason Crosby as well missed, I think, four, three field goals and an extra point in that game. Um, but ultimately, Mason Crosby nailed a 49-yarder to win the game um, in that one. Big overtime win by the Packers, but just consistent missed field goal attempts all game long between these two kickers, Evan McPherson and Mason Crosby. So what should we think about these kickers in the NFL? A lot of people are calling, saying, you know, that's why we don't have kickers in fantasy football. That's why we shouldn't have kickers in the NFL. They can't simply make kicks in NFL games. It's honestly insane uh, what's actually going on with the NFL kickers this year. They're so just back and forth all over the place. Um, You know, you got just just look at Mason Crosby, um, what he has done this year. Uh, Now two game-winning field goals this season in five games. But – Missed four field goals, three field goals and an extra point against Cincinnati this week. Um, and then you got, you know, Justin Tucker, that game against the Lions. He missed a field goal, but then came out and hit, you know, the 67-yarder NFL record-long field goal um, back earlier in the season as well. Interesting scenarios going on with NFL kickers this year, and we don't really know what to do about them and what to keep an eye on and what to focus on. Um, with these NFL kickers, it's definitely just turning into a hassle more than it is a act of celebration, um, like kicks should be and field goals should be, um, you know, just 
putting points on the board, but unfortunately, and that doesn't go your way. Um, you know, missed drives, um, ruined drives because of missed field goals. Not a good spot for NFL kickers right now um, in the league. Now let's move on to our Sunday night game last night. Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. This game took freaking three hours, four hours almost to complete. It seemed like they go into overtime or excuse me, go into halftime and don't come out of the locker room until close to 1130 Eastern Standard Time last night. Um, just what happened in that game, severe weather um, situation going on in Arrowhead since, um, excuse me, in Kansas City and um, just delay the entire game. They couldn't come back out after halftime. Buffalo Bills, um, I believe, are up that point 21 to 10 um, into the third quarter. And so, yeah, 17 10 going into halftime, scored another touchdown in the third quarter uh, before that weather delay happened. Josh Allen come back out after halftime, scored one more touchdown in the fourth quarter. He finished his night three for, uh, excuse me, 15 for 26, 315 yards and three touchdowns. Josh Allen played great. In that game, Patrick Mahomes, two interceptions, two touchdowns, 272 yards, and threw 54 pass attempts in that game. But the Bills end up capping the Kansas City Chiefs off. They win 38-20 to in Arrowhead and pretty much solidify the fact that they are the best team. Not in the AFC, not in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are the best team, I would say, in the entire National Football League. What they're being able to do defensively, holding this high-powered Chiefs offense to just 20 points in this game, holding Patrick Mahomes to two interceptions, two turnovers in that game. Amazing things are coming for the Buffalo Bills this year, this season. Josh Allen's looking great. Um, he's still neck and neck up there with that MVP um, award as well. I mean, the guy had a hurdle last night. He had a rushing touchdown last night. Four total touchdowns on the game for Josh Allen. Great news uh, coming out of Buffalo, seeing their young quarterback and young team doing so well. And when these two teams faced off last year in the AFC Championship game, the big thing for the Buffalo Bills was not being able to get a pass rush. They were not able to get a pass rush on Patrick Mahomes. He was able to sit clean in the pocket, and they were not able to pester him at all in that game. That wasn't the case last night, and the Bills' first two overall draft picks made their presence known. Gregory Russo... Had a sack and a tackle for a loss, first-round pick, and a QB hit. Five tackles for Greg Russo. And Carlos Boogie Basham, he had half a sack and a QB hit as well, their second-round pick out of Wake Forest. So these two first uh, first two picks, um, both being edge rushers for the Bills, made their impact known against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, letting them know what they missed last season, how this is not the same Bills team they faced last year in the AFC Championship game. It's a much-improved unit, much-complete unit overall. Uh, Greg Russo even got a pick in this game. And the other pick that we talked about as well from Micah Hyde, he returned 26 yards for a touchdown off of Patrick Mahomes. It's a new look Bills team. Um, and it's an exciting team that is set up to go the distance this year, set up to go all the way potentially um, to a Super Bowl, which for Bills fans would just be icing on the cake for what they're watching right now on the field. Um, and Bills Mafia would appreciate getting back um, to another Super Bowl. Um, at some point in the near future, hopefully being this season. Another game I want to talk about here is the Cleveland Browns and the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers, they are looking like the strong team right now in the AFC West, potentially having a shot at four and one to run, run it here um, with the Chiefs now dropping um, three games on the season. 
the uh, LA Chargers now have a chance at four and one to make a run in this division and potentially um, come away on top of the AFC West. And the Chargers right now, they deserve to have more fans, some fans, some type of fan base in Los Angeles. Um, you know, there's always a big talk of how they shouldn't have been moved out of San Diego into L.A. Same thing with the Rams coming from uh, St. Louis as well, going to L.A., having two teams there. All the fans in L.A. are Rams fans, it seems like. The Chargers not having any real fan base, can't ever get things going at home. But now, last two weeks, back-to-back huge quality wins at home. Last week on primetime against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And then this week against the Cleveland Browns, who are looking like a strong team in the AFC Conference as well. Um, But the Chargers took care of them. Uh, 47-42 is a big shootout game. But the Chargers were able to do everything they wanted to offensively. The Browns had no answers for this L.A. Chargers offense. Justin Herbert, Herbo, we're going to call him from now on, um, had 398 yards, four touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing. So five total touchdowns from Justin Herbo. Austin Eckler running back had 119 total yards and three total touchdowns um, on the ground game and through the air um, for this Chargers offense. And then Mike Williams, wide receiver who is having a breakout year this year, added two more touchdowns, 165 yards on eight receptions last night against the Browns. And as always, as consistent as ever, is also Keenan Allen at wide receiver for uh, the Chargers. Six receptions on nine targets for 75 yards um, in that game. Now, I'm not going to discredit anything from the Browns um, except for the you know the abysmal defensive performance. Offense played great uh, with 42 points scored. Um, Nick Chubb had 161 yards and a touchdown. And Joku played great in this game, uh, 149 yards. Baker Mayfield threw over 300 yards and two touchdowns. In fact, what's interesting about this game, the Browns are the first team in NFL history to have over, um, I believe it was, um, 40 points in a game while having zero turnovers in a game. Uh, First team in the NFL history to do that. The team also went over 400 yards of offense. Amazing stuff here from the Browns and still not coming out on top of this game. Um, I think it's a real testament of how good this Chargers team is playing right now and how good they could play um, going forward. But no defense all around, it seemed like, in this game. Um, Had a couple pass deflections here and there um, by the Cleveland Browns. But otherwise, no answer for Justin Herbert and this team. Herbert also making a case for an MVP-like campaign this year, but still early. A lot of players are still in this conversation. Uh, A lot of players are sneaking back into this conversation. But the first two quarterbacks we've talked about today, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, definitely making their presence known. Um, with the games he's been putting on lately. Now let's go uh, to a little bit of a somber note, a sad note here on Overreaction Monday. Rest in peace to the New York football Giants. Giants sitting at 1-4 after five games, but it's not their record uh, we're concerned about here on the Slaw Sports Show. With the Giants, we're concerned about the injuries. Poor, poor Giants. They are hurting badly right now. Going into this game against the Dallas Cowboys, um, the New York Giants were already without wide receivers Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, who are both missing the game with hamstring injuries. Um, guards Nick uh, Nick Gates and Ben Breedenson were both out with a hand and leg injury. And even tackle Andrew Thomas, my first-round pick from last year, was inactive 
or actually, yeah, was inactive um, or active, but didn't play. I guess I should say with a foot injury in this one. That's before the game. Now let's talk about what happened on the field. Let's start with running back Saquon Barkley, who made his return this season, coming back from an ACL tear last year. Saquon Barkley had a gruesome ankle injury, and he should be out for the near future, potentially even the season, how bad this injury is. Um, if it turns out to be um, a break for Saquon Barkley, it was not a, you know, definitely a nasty injury um, to just look at. Um, while it happened, it kept showing it again on the sideline, kept showing again and again and again throughout the entire game. Um, was not a good injury by any means um, for Saquon Barkley and you know, a player that you know wants to come back and wants to be better. Um, it's just very tough for having that happen. Um to Saquon Barkley at this point in his career. Um, but overall, what we've seen out of Saquon Barkley, um, this year he's been a little bit shaky, um, but finally started getting rolling last week. Looked like he's going to get rolling again um, yesterday until that injury. Um, so just a tough scenario uh, for Saquon Barkley. Um, the belief right now is he has suffered a low ankle sprain um, that's going to knock him out next week and you know potentially more weeks after that. Um, but we know Saquon Barkley... Uh, we know the heart he has and wanting to get back on the field. Um, so depending on how long this injury puts him out for, um, it could be big things for this season for the New York Giants. Um, if they can't get Saquon Barkley back, that's a big blow to this team. But good reports. Um, and best-case scenario is only a one-week miss uh, for Saquon Barkley. So dodge a bullet here uh, with that only being an ankle sprain and not a fracture or anything worse. But we go along to the rest of the game. Uh, a couple of drives later, uh, Daniel Jones, quarterback for the Giants, was running out to the left pylon, um, trying to get into the end zone and got laid out. Um, big hit to the head. Um, didn't look good on impact. Then Daniel Jones gets up. Everyone's, you know, okay, he's he's fine. He's going to go get looked at. Starts walking back over to the huddle, trips over his own self uh, multiple times, can't walk straight. Um, he was taken immediately off the field and evaluated for a concussion, which he indeed does have. Um, a concussion so he will be out at least a week um, for the New York Giants and then we have Kenny Galladay as well he went down wide receiver for the New York Giants big money acquisition and free agency Kenny Galladay left the game with a knee injury as well so the one in four Giants now without potentially their top four um, four to five players on offense um, going into a tough stretch of the season Kenny Galladay, um, the initial reports is that he has a hyperextended knee, um, but he was frustrating um, his knee, and it got worse as the game went along. Um, so we'll see how he feels uh, once they get back uh, to New York and see how long he will be out for uh, once they get a better look at him and his knee injury. But I was, I was talking about this tough stretch the Giants have coming up. Um, so potentially without Jones and Barkley and Galladay, potentially, um, see what they say about Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton for their availability next week. But they're going to be taking on the L.A. Rams, a top team right now who just came off a big Thursday night football win against the Seattle Seahawks. Then they have to face the Carolina Panthers um, in their next game in Week 7, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, have a bye week, and then take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A tough stretch for the New York football Giants right now who potentially could fall to one and eight by the time this is all said and done um, after week not actually after week 10 with the bye week 
um, a potential one and eight start by the New York Giants. And these injuries will not help them out early on um, in those games. So who do they actually have in this offense now? Well, at quarterback, they got Mike Glennon. Uh, we all know Mike Glennon. Uh, everyone loves him coming off the bench. Everyone's favorite guy off the bench. Mike Glennon came off the bench against the Cowboys, had 196 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions against the Dallas Cowboys in replace of Dan- uh, Daniel Jones yesterday. Devontae Booker came in at running back for Saquon Barkley with 16 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. If you want a touchdown chase, you can touchdown chase uh, potentially Devontae Booker, especially with Mike Glennon. Most likely going to start next week against the Rams. Um, but it is the Rams' tough defense against the run um, to go up against. So keep an eye on that one uh, for a potential waiver wire pickup in Devonta Booker. Uh, might just rather want to wait a week potentially um, before you go after Devonta Booker. And then at wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, first round pick out of Florida, actually played great, played amazing um, in this game for the New York Giants. Had 10 receptions. For over 180 yards, 189 yards in total um, for Kadarius Tony was an absolute playmaker on the field. They put the ball in his hands multiple times. Uh, we're doing some handoff stuff with him, having a just breakout game until he broke out a punch on um, Demontes KZ and Cowboys safety, and he was ejected for the game. Um, they are now evaluating him to see. Um, if he is going to get fined or suspended potentially for throwing that punch at the end of that monster game. Um, so whatever happens with this uh, Kadarius Tony incident, um, it's most likely not going to be a suspension, but something to keep an eye on. He will most likely um, be fined um, for that punch he threw um, at the Cowboys star safety. But the Giants, just tough road ahead. Uh, for them in terms of their schedule and in terms of what they have happening right now with all of their injuries. The Dallas Cowboys, they look great, uh, looked great again. Uh, Trevon Diggs, probably going to be defensive player of the year. Just give him the award now. Um, now has six interceptions through five games. It's absolutely incredible and absolutely insane what this young corner is doing with the Dallas Cowboys. Next up on Overreaction Monday, because i got to talk about my Packers Devontae Adams is a top two receiver in the National Football League. The thing is, he's not number two. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the National Football League, has been the last two to three years, and that has not changed this year. Against the Cincinnati Bengals, Devontae Adams had a quiet 11 reception, 206-yard, one-touchdown game against the Bengals, had 16 targets in this game and uh, hauled in 11 of them. And like I said, 206 yards by Devontae Adams. So far this year, Devontae Adams has 42 receptions for 579 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Devontae is playing great. And the thing is, this Packers offense, no Marquez Valdez Scanling. The only option you really have to worry about is potentially Robert Tunney at tight end. Maybe, strong maybe, Alan Lazard at wide receiver, and you look at this game against the Cincinnati Bengals, no no other player in the receiving game for Green Bay had more than 49 receiving yards, and that was A.J. Dillon, the team's backup running back. You look at this chart right now as receiving chart for the Green Bay Packers, A.J. Dillon, 49 yards, Mercedes Lewis, their backup tight end, blocking down tight end, 34 yards, Randall Cobb had two catches for 30 one coming on the final drive in overtime, which is a big first down conversion. 
um, or excuse me, a big conversion um, that set him up nicely in field goal range to keep the game-winning field goal. Bob Tunyon had eight yards. Alan Lazard had six yards. Aaron Jones had th- uh, six yards. And Kylan Hill, rookie running back um, out of Mississippi State, had five yards. And then Devontae Adams sitting atop at 206 yards on 16 targets. I don't understand how this happens. Teams know what they're going against. Teams know where Aaron Rodgers is going with the ball. Um, And uh, 16 targets on 39 attempts went to Devontae Adams, yet he still hauled in 11 catches for 206 yards in this game. Teams know where he's going with the ball, but he's still dominating week in and week out. Devontae Adams with the Green Bay Packers. And really it's a testament to Matt LaFleur on this offense, being able to move Devontae Adams around. Uh, you look at his chart tree. Um, you can find it on my Twitter at the Saw Sports Show. Uh, but the chart tree on next-gen stats, Devontae Adams was all over the field. No real domination at any point because Matt LaFleur was just moving him around. You can't double-team a guy if he's constantly in motion, constantly lining up in different formations on the field. And that's really what you know the brain, the mastermind, of Matt LaFleur is able to get that done with Devontae Adams, make him a mismatch anywhere on the field with anyone that covers him and avoiding the double teams that could potentially come his way um, from the defense and really just making that non-existent within a team's defensive scheme um, is a real testament of what's making Devontae tick right now and be as great as he is. Um, and doesn't hurt having Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Uh, but Devontae Adams is a, on another planet right now compared to the other receivers in the National Football League. He's on a tear this year and has been for the last couple of years. Let's go back to Thursday night football, Rams, Seahawks, um, and something we got to talk about here. Russell Wilson will now be out for the next four to eight weeks with a finger fracture, broken finger, finger injury. Um, but Russell Wilson um, hit his finger. That thing looked gross. He wanted to come back on the field but couldn't throw the football. Um, And Geno Smith came and replaced of Russell Wilson in that game. Um, But Russell Wilson immediately had surgery after the game. um, Is looking for a Week 10 return. Um, So, you know, hoping on that uh, early mark of potentially four weeks he's going to miss for this injury. But right now, no Russell Wilson potentially for the next four weeks. And the Seattle Seahawks right now are 2-3 and on the year, 1-1 and in their division. beating the San Francisco 49ers last week, but this week losing to the Los Angeles Rams. The Seahawks might be done. Um, and that's, you know, the overreaction I've got from this game. is With Geno Smith, now as the starting quarterback until week 10, Geno looked decent, had a scoring drive um, late in that game against the Rams, but then turned around and threw an interception, showing us, you know, okay, yes, yeah, this is back to being Geno Smith. Enough with the overreaction on him. But overreaction on the Seahawks, they could be done. Their season could already be over before he was even able to start with Russell Wilson now out for a um, potential multiple-week injury and surgery and rehab and what have it. Um, But the other thing with the Seahawks, I think Russell Wilson might be done. I think he might be done with the Seattle Seahawks, and I think he's going to be gone at the end of this year. Uh, We talked about heavily last week how Pete Carroll was back to being Pete Carroll. You know, a lot of rushing attempts, more rushing attempts and passing attempts, going back to that power run um, instead of the balanced offense and instead of the let Russ cook movement with this um, Seattle Seahawks offense. It happened again. Uh, Russell Wilson, I believe, only missed two or three drives on Thursday night football against the Rams. 
but still only completed, excuse me, still only attempted 16 passes in that game while the Seahawks ran the ball 25 times. So again, Pete Carroll outrushing Russell Wilson passing uh, for the second straight week. Just let Russ cook. That's what made him mad last year. That's what brought up all the offseason talk um, about potentially Russell Wilson getting infuriated with the team, getting infuriated with Pete Carroll, wanting to potentially break up and get traded. Uh, he ultimately came back and stayed with the Seahawks. But you can't start doing this again if you're Pete Carroll unless you're absolutely trying to just, for some reason, drive this guy out of town. Because now, sitting there, he has all this time now, the next four to eight weeks, to make his decision of what he wants to do. Um, he can sit with Sierra at home, come to a conclusion with what they're going to do at the end of the year, especially when the Seahawks potentially go down in a hole uh, within uh, the next four weeks, put themselves in a hole where Russell Wilson won't be able to dig himself out of once he comes back, hopefully in week 10. Um, a tough situation for the Seattle Seahawks. They're really just putting themselves into right now with Russell Wilson. And I think the Seahawks are done. And I think Russell Wilson is gone. Up next on Overreaction Monday, I'd like to welcome back and a special shout out. Welcome back to Earth, Pit, um, excuse me, Carolina Panthers and Las Vegas Raiders. Welcome back to Earth. Both teams started the season 3-0 and and had a lot of talk from all their fan base. I was big, I will admit, on the uh, Raiders uh, hype out for the first three weeks, saying the Raiders are back, you know, Derek Carr and John Gruden are back. I was high on that train. Uh, through the first three weeks, um, but I'll admit when I am wrong. And however, the Carolina Panthers, I've never been sold on. Denver Broncos, I was never sold on either. Um, but the now Carolina Panthers and Las Vegas Raiders, after starting three and zero to start the season, have now fallen to zero and two in their last two games. Carolina Panthers lost twenty one to eighteen this week against the Philadelphia Eagles in a game they should have won, and a game they were very much winning at one point, and they just lost it themselves, allowed Jalen Hurst to come back, take the lead, and ultimately close it out against them. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, they lost 20-9 to against Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears um, in that game. Overall, just not good performances by either side, not what we've been seeing um, at all from either side. All of the talk is about how Sam Darnold is flourishing now with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, and this Panthers team um, in his first season after leaving the New York Jets. How about this for Sam Darnold? 21 for 37, 177 yards, one touchdown, three, count them, one, two, three interceptions, all in terrible spots and terrible situations where Sam Darnold should not have thrown an interception and really put his team down bad um, in that game. And all the talk about, uh, you know, potentially Cam Darnold, um, Sam Darnold leading the league with five rushing touchdowns, all of a sudden didn't have a single one and only had 10 rushing yards against the Eagles, completely left of being one-dimensional like he should be. He, he was able to spread the ball around, get it to, uh, to his receivers, um, had four receivers over 30 yards in this game, um, but still not a good performance um, from Sam Darnold in this game and not a good performance from the Carolina Panthers, who had a lot of talk being 3-0 and to start the season. Um, Panthers still have a very favorable schedule we've talked about before um, going forward for throughout the rest of the season. Uh, potentially can still earn their way to a wild card spot, even uh, with a three and two record to start. Um, but still, definitely been brought back to earth after the three and zero crave that started all around the state of North and South Carolina about these Carolina Panthers potentially being back, potentially you know having another 
2015 season off the, the hot start they had. Um, that's not the case. Welcome back to Earth, guys. Um, your Carolina Panthers are now 0-2 the last two weeks and have not looked great um, while doing so. And how about the Raiders? Um, same boat that they are in, um, now going 0-2 uh, to start the season. And even we can talk about uh, the same thing for the Denver Broncos, um, but I've written them off at 3-0, and um, so I wasn't even on that um, trade to begin with with the Denver Broncos. We talked about how they were frauds before, um, especially last week that was heavy on us um, on our show on Overreaction Monday. Broncos lost again 27-19 um, to 19 in their game, but the Raiders, this 20-9 to 9 loss to the Chicago Bears, Derek Carr, no touchdowns, um, one interception, only 206 yards um, in this game. Don't know what is happening. Um, with the Raiders right now. Derek Carr was sacked three times, had a 28.4 QBR in the game. Um, he left the game briefly when Nathan Peterman came in. Um, Nathan Peterman didn't attempt to pass, um, had two rushes for two yards, and I believe Derek Carr ended up coming back into the game for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But still, 0-2 start, or 3-0 start, followed by an 0-2 uh, continuation of their season, now at 3-2. Um, still sitting nice, second place in the AFC West. Uh, definitely not what we've seen from the Raiders uh, that we did the first three weeks against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Miami, uh, dropping back-to-back games against the Chargers and the Bears. Upcoming for the Raiders, they got the Denver Broncos in Mile High Stadium um, next week, then the Eagles, um, followed by the New York Giants in New York, Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, and Dallas Cowboys. An interesting schedule coming up um, for the Las Vegas Raiders, and we'll see how they can try to turn things around after now dropping back-to-back games. And something we briefly just touched on and something I want to talk about heavily here now is the Denver Broncos, but not just what happened in this game and what happened with the Broncos, because we talked about it. They're frauds. We knew this was going to happen. They lost again. But it's the other team that beat them, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are now 2-3. and three. They are coming back. Are the Steelers back? After starting the season 1-3 and three, um, with terrible performances, lost three straight games, looked flat-out awful. Big Ben bounced back in a big way, 15 for 25, 253, and two touchdowns in this game. He did have one fumble, um, so he wasn't able to stay clean on the turnover department. But still, Ben Rosberger had a great game, hit Deontay Johnson uh, two times for 72 yards and a touchdown, and a monster game from Chase Claypool had five receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, round out the offense, Najee Harris, uh, rookie running back, had 122 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. He went over 100 yards uh, rushing, picked up another 20 um, through the air as well with five targets out of the backfield um, for Najee Harris. This team might be back um, in terms of uh, what we kind of just immediately wrote them off to be um, after that, you know, three oh, or one and three, losing three straight games. Um, their last three games kind of start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big game here um, by the Steelers in this one, getting interception on defense as well. Uh, James Pierre picking off uh, Teddy Ridgewater, I believe, in the end zone late in that game to cap it off um, for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are they back? Um, that might be the biggest overreaction uh, we're going to have on the show today because um, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers and still big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, fourth in the AFC North right now, Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming up, they got the Seahawks, which should be another big win, uh, potentially on Sunday Night Football um, against Geno Smith as a starting quarterback. Um, then they go into a 
uh, kind of wishy-washy stretch after their bye week. Cleveland Browns, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, and the Los Angeles Chargers before they get another date against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, this time in Cincinnati, who beat them in week three in Pittsburgh. Uh, so interesting things coming up here the next couple of weeks to really say if the Steelers are back or not. Uh, but a big win this week against the Denver Broncos and look good doing so. Speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, let's talk about this uh, game. Uh, we've talked about it a lot early on with the kicker situation and a lot with this Devontae Adams monster performance with the Green Bay Packers. But I do want to talk about the Bengals a little bit because uh, I do think this team eventually, eventually will be a very good team in the National Football League. The Bengals are young. they got a great core around them offensively. Their defense, all the free agent help they brought in this offseason has played great, and they're really starting to mesh well um, You know, week in and week out. This team was a top-five team in defensive DVOA coming into this game against the Packers and have played great so far this season. And offensively against the Packers, they played great as well. Joe Burrow, 26 for 38, had 281 passing yards, two touchdowns, unfortunately had those two interceptions. Uh, which were critical in that game, um, won in overtime, uh, which you know the Packers ended up squashing away a field goal um, off that pick uh, that they got in overtime, but still two critical interceptions by Joe Burrow, but he should get things cleaned up. Um, we're going to see what the outcome is with Joe Burrow because he was taken to the hospital after the game um, with a throat contusion, I believe it was, um, for Joe Burrow. And another thing we got coming in here, um, from yesterday's games, going back to the Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, he is apparently dealing with a major injury based on initial reports. Um, they put him on the injured reserve already with a shoulder injury, and he is fearful that he could miss the entire rest of the season with this shoulder injury. But going back to the Steelers, or excuse me, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, keeping things in the AFC North, Jamar Chase. Is having a great year and should easily win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. Six targets for 159 yards and a touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. Should have had another one that was called back um, in that game, which would have put him at a having a monster game um, against the Green Bay Packers. But even T. Higgins, uh, second-year player out of Clemson, had five receptions for 32 yards. He's played great as well. And then we got Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, Joe Mixon is trying to work ways, his way back. Um, was in a limited role this week against the Packers, but still found pay dirt and got into the end zone. It's a great young core um, that this team is building in Cincinnati. My only gripe and complaint is still Zach Taylor and his coaching staff. They will not be able to get it done um, once you know the rest of the season starts coming along. But a three and zero start for him this season. Uh, they were or excuse me, three and two start. They were three and one before this game against the Packers. Looked great so far this season. Hit a little bit of a roadblock here. We'll see how Zach Taylor responds. Uh, going into week six um, and what they can do going forward. But eventually, Zach Taylor will be gone uh, from this team. He's not the answer. And I'm still holding hope that uh, they bring in uh, Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers, reunite him um, as the head coach, who was the former offensive coordinator at LSU for both Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I do think Joe uh, Brady comes in as the head coach next year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's when this team will start being very good uh, going forward. And last but not least, what we got here on Overreaction Monday, business is still booming for Antonio Brown um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of people wrote him off um, with you know all the issues, off the field issues he had. Um, had spent some time in New England with Tom Brady, then Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown comes over there with him down south to Florida. And Antonio Brown last year 
you know, didn't see the field that much, um, especially, you know, wasn't available early in the season uh, before he was finally allowed to play. Um, toward the end of the year, I think it was week 10, he finally made his debut. Um, he played a decent season at the end of the stretch for the Buccaneers, had a pretty decent playoff as well, you know, into the game or into the season. I think the last week of the season with a two touchdown performance really came onto the scene. But this year, business is back and business is, business is booming for Antonio Brown against the Miami Dolphins. Antonio Brown had seven receptions for 124 yards and two whopping touchdowns. One, a massive one for Antonio Brown. On the year now, 20 receptions for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Um, my prediction for Antonio Brown this year was eight, uh, 800 yards and eight touchdowns for Antonio Brown this year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is very well on his way to doing that after the first five games of the season. And in fact, Antonio Brown, you talk about how dominant this guy has been in his career. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk of what's happened in you know, the last two or three years with Antonio Brown. But still, is having one of the best wide receiver careers we've seen in the National Football League. He's the fastest wide receiver now after yesterday to reach 900 receptions in his career. Did it in 143 games, three games faster than the last um, you know, record holder, who I believe was Marvin Harrison. Antonio Brown is amazing and is doing it all again, uh, turning back the clock and showing that he is potentially still in the prime of his career um, or right there toward the end of the prime of his career uh, with these um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's just providing a different element to this offense for Tom Brady um, and a different weapon that this team can target week in and week out. Antonio Brown's back. Business is booming. And, you know, you, you have to love to see it um, from Antonio Brown. Everything he's been through uh, coming back and still showing he still has everything um, going for him, going right um, so far this year. It's a great thing to see. Um, Antonio Brown actually did it six games faster than Marvin Harrison, reaching 900 career receptions. It took Marvin Harrison 149 games and Antonio Brown 143. Business is booming. Antonio Brown still doing Antonio Brown things just now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's all we have for Overreaction Monday. Let's look forward to Monday night football tonight. Um, what we got on deck, Colts. Going to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Carson Wentz and the Colts, are they back? Are they still alive? 0-3 start to the season. Big win last week um, against the Miami Dolphins. Jonathan Taylor was back. Carson Wentz was back in that game. But can the Ravens keep things rolling? 3-1 start to the season. They've played great in every game except that one game that they lost against the Raiders. Had a little bit of some issues with some uh, teams as of late, especially that Lions game two weeks ago. But nevertheless, right now, Lamar Jackson's playing great. Um, interception issues are still happening a little bit with Lamar Jackson. Three interceptions through five, uh, four games going into week five. But Lamar Jackson on the big stage tonight um, for the Baltimore Ravens against the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens could potentially set the 100-yard rushing mark against the Colts tonight. Um, it was a big news last week. 100-yard games matter for the Baltimore Ravens and uh, John Harbaugh and this record and straight they've got going on right now, um, which you know was a big controversy at the end of that game um, against the Balt or excuse me the Denver Broncos, uh, making sure the team got to triple digits for a four hundred excuse me for a 43rd consecutive game, a hundred rushing yards by the Baltimore Ravens that tied the NFL record and now have a chance to break the record officially. 
um, tonight against the Indianapolis Colts if they get 100 yards rushing in this game. Indianapolis Colts dealing with some little bit of some injury concerns in this one. Uh, no quitty pay, um, first-round pick, edge rusher out of Michigan, and no Rocky Austin at cornerback. And then for the Baltimore Ravens, um, no Ronnie Stanley at offensive tackle. Um, Andrew Villanueva will be questionable as well um, tonight in this game. Uh, right now, matchup predictor uh, predictor on ESPN has um, a 66.8% uh, chance to win in favor of the Baltimore Ravens in this game. 3-0 and away, uh, Ravens, uh, 3-1 and one Ravens, excuse me, hosting the 1-3 Colts who are looking to stay alive in the AFC South division. Um, that will be our Monday night football um, tonight. That's all the time we have here on the Saw Sports Show for Overreaction Monday. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, be on the alert, on the alert, excuse me, for tomorrow's NFL Week 6 Power Rankings um, that will be up on the official site of the show, knoble87 um, at wixsite.com. I believe it is. Um, you can find it there, slash uh, Slaw Sports Report. Um, easiest, easiest way to find it, just go on our Twitter, at Slaw Sports Show. Click on the link in the bio. It'll take you right to it. And we'll also have the article posted on all of our social media uh, once it comes out uh, with our power rankings. That's all the time we have here um, for the Saw Sports Show today. Again, thank you all for joining. And until next time, peace.